I'll let you figure out what that means. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go with me to Genesis, the second chapter, and we're going to uh, start with verse 15 when we get there, but I want to speak to you for just a little while this morning on voices. Would you say that with me? Voices. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your love, God, and just ask you, Lord, to speak to our hearts today and let us hear your voice. Help us, God, to be able to follow after it with all that we are and all that we have. And we'll give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So, a question for you. How many of you have ever made bad decisions? What did I say? Bad decisions. There's, I'm telling you, folks, there's something about the second service that messes me up after I preached in the first service. All right. How many of you have ever made a bad decision based on voices that were in your life? Anybody? So, you know, there are things that I would have never done had it not been for voices in my life. And I'm not going to get into a lot of that stuff because I don't know what the statute of limitations is. <laughs> But I would have there, always somebody there prodding you on, always someone encouraging you to do what's wrong. And then the truth is, what I found out is once you do it, they act like they don't even know who you are. And they, they're gone. They're out of the picture, man. I don't know. I tried to tell them not to do that. And, and so you're left just, you know, holding the bag. So voices can have a huge impact in our life, much more so than we're even willing to recognize. In Genesis 2 and 15, it says, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die." So here's the voice of God letting man know that I have provided for you, that I have a plan for you, and that I'm going to take care of you. How many of you believe that God's still able to take care of us? Amen. Even, even when, bless your heart, Deborah, that God is taking care of you. She, she ran into a, Debbie could relate. You know, when she started talking to me about your accident, her hand started to hurt. That's true because of cellular memory. So for those of you that don't know, Deborah got lost a fight with a hedge trimmer and uh, it, it uh, got all of her fingers. And Debbie, when we first came about a year after we'd been here, Debbie lost a fight with a hedge trimmer. And, and, and it, it almost lost two fingers. They had to reattach one, and they did surgery, had a pen through her finger, and it was a mess. And the moral of the story is, don't get in a fight with a hedge trimmer. <laughs> and so, but God's still there. He's still protecting us. It doesn't say that he keeps you from every evil that comes your way. It's just that he's going to see you through every evil that comes your way. Amen. And so here they've been instructed. God has given them a voice. They're able to communicate to God. He has conversation with them. I hope your prayer life isn't one-sided. 
I hope that when you pray that you take time to listen. I've learned that sometimes you say, well, how do you listen to God? You have to get quiet to be able to listen. And sometimes we have so much noise in our life that we can't hear from God. I've, 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 I've learned that the devil will try and distract you, that there are times that you just need to shut everything off. You know, there are times that I go on a drive and I've got a radio on. There are other times that I shut the radio off and I'm, I'm just meditating, just listening, because it's in those moments that God speaks. And so he spoke to them. He tried to let them know, hey, I got you covered. I'm going to take care of you, but I don't want you to eat this tree because that's going to cost you if you do. It's bad for you. Everybody say bad for you. Did you ever notice when your parents told you not to play with matches, what was the first thing you wanted to do? I don't know why. I slipped out of the laundromat, had a pack of matches, went into the car, pushed in the cigarette lighter, and lit every match one at a time. I was fascinated. Had the window rolled down, dropping those matches out of the window, went through the whole book of matches. I felt so satisfied with myself. No one knew, but the scripture says, be sure of this, your sin will find you out. And so when we got ready to leave the laundromat, my dad went to open the car door, and I forgot about that pile of matches I dropped out of the window. And dad said, where did these matches come from? I'm telling you, it'll find you out. A lot of times we feel so, you know, oh, I'm getting away with you. You're getting away with nothing. Sooner or later, it's going to come back to you. So the best thing is to hear the voice of God and just listen to what he's trying to tell you. But how many of you know that there's more than the voice of God that's trying to speak into your life? If you go to Genesis chapter 3, starting with verse 1, it said, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The voice that they chose to listen to continues to impact our lives today. The Bible said by one man, sin entered the world, tainted before I even got here, messed up before I arrived. Did you ever notice you never have to tell a child what not to do? They just automatically know, and they do it anyway. They, you, you, know, you, you, you never have to teach them how to be bad. You never have to. There's something inherent in us that knows how to disobey. And so, but, but God didn't leave us there. 
I mean, we've made some mess-ups in our life, right? But when we didn't listen to the voice of God, God provided a way for us to come back to his voice. And aren't you glad for that? Amen. And so voices impact us. Think about this. That voice, I, I, I just think about what came from listening to the wrong voice. Any of you guys ever dug a ditch before? Did you think Adam the whole time you were digging it? Reach out to weed a garden and get a whole man. I, I, I love the landscape out here. I just don't like to have to pull weeds. And I'm telling you, we've got some pretty plants out there, and I'm getting ready to cut them down because they are deceitful. They're bright and red and cherry and will eat your hand up if you give it an opportunity. It's full of thorns. And I thought, man, that's, that that that's, came under sin. What's that doing in our landscape? You need to get rid of that. And, and so can you imagine Adam every time he's out there? He used to just go out and be able to eat fruit and didn't have to work for it. And now he's out there, man, I'm telling you what, thanks a lot, Eve. She got him in a headlock and force-fed him that fruit. That's what we act like, right? And can you imagine Eve? First time she had Cain. Oh, I wish I'd have listened to God. Because that's what came by it. I'm telling you, listening to the wrong voices can have a negative impact on our life. Just ask Samson. Samson is a miracle on two legs. I mean, think about it. There's, there's no explanation for his strength naturally. He is a miracle of God, a powerhouse for God. But he quits listening to the voice of God and he starts listening to Delilah. And Delilah is trying to set him up. I mean, you would have think when you read a story, you would have thought that he would have got it after the first couple of times. I mean, Delilah, oh, Samson, tell me the secret of your strength. And he says, well, if you take two bowstrings that have never been, I'm not sorry, not two, but seven bowstrings that have never been dried, dry them out and bind me, I'll be weak like any other man. So what does the girl do? Between that night and their next date, she goes and finds seven new bowstrings. This isn't like you're running down to Walmart to get this stuff. I mean, she had to hunt this up, and bowstrings would have been expensive. Of course, there's somebody flipping the bill for her, the devil will always finance your way away from God. And so she comes in with seven new bowstrings, never been dried, wraps him up with it, and then says, Samson, the Philistines are on you, and he busts them. And her response, she's mad because he's free. You need to understand that it gives the devil no pleasure to know that you're free. And the scripture said, whom the Son is set free is free indeed. 
So he's trying to find a way. He's trying to put a voice in your life to bring you back into captivity. You, you've lied to me. Well, just go get seven ropes, new ropes that have never been used. She goes and gets seven new ropes on the next date. She just happens to have seven new ropes, ties him up. The Philistines are on you. He snaps them. You know, I, I, I'm just saying, it seems like he would have got curious. What is it with this lady that keeps trying to wrap me up and, you know, telling me the Philistines are going to come in here and capture me? And then she's mad when they can't. So you've, you've lied to me. You don't love me. You lied to me. Well, take my seven braids and weave them into a loom, and I'll be weak like any other man, and I'll be if she doesn't do it. Samson, the Philistines are on you, and he pulls the loom and everything off. And she just keeps nagging him and nagging him and nagging him until he gives in. I'm just saying, if it looks like a rat and it smells like a rat, it's probably a rat. You know, years ago in our hometown, it was one of Debbie's teachers. He was poisoning his wife, and nobody knew about it. In our little hometown, you hadn't been fixing anything for me lately, have you? <laughs> I know she's a good student. I just want to make sure. <laughs> and she, he'd been preparing, and the way that they found out was his son went to the refrigerator and started to get some jello out, and man, he went ballistic on him. I mean, don't touch that jello. I fix that jello, especially for your mother. Don't touch that. You can eat something else. Don't touch that jello. And it got the boy to thinking because his mom had started having some problems. And come to find out the little powdered sugar that was on top was rat poison. And she lost her mobility. But they found him out and sent the rat to prison where he belonged. Amen. Give God a hand clap of praise. Now we're praying for the rat, right? Yeah. But see, here's what happens is Samson gets to the place that now, because he's listened to the wrong voice, he loses his vision and his strength. Listening to the wrong voice can have such a detrimental impact in our lives. That's why it's so important to make sure that you know who you're listening to. Somebody say, be careful who you listen to. I thought about Samson. I began to think about last week when Teen Challenge was here and those young men that were on the stage giving their testimony. And then I thought about yesterday when we were at the prison and had a concert with the inmates over there. And I thought about those young men over there. And it dawned on me that all those men had something undeniably in common with Samson. At some point along their journey, they listened to the wrong voice and it robbed them of their freedom. Sometimes we act like it's no big deal when we're taking counsel from friends. It cost Solomon's son the kingdom. Listening to the wrong voice will always devastate you. The good news is, is that it doesn't have to end that way. 
that there's, it's never too late to start listening to the right voice. Everybody say the right voice. And I, I thought about how that, you know, with, with, sometimes we get so confused with these voices around us. How many of you have ever had somebody trying to tell you, instruct you in something, maybe more than one person, and they're both telling you something totally different? You know what I'm talking about? It's like if you're getting ready to go someplace and somebody said, oh, you go down here and go that. Oh, no, don't go that way. Go over here. This is like, no, you don't want to do that. You need to go over here. <coughs> I mean, I can't even trust Siri anymore. <laughs> Voices that are constantly trying to tell us where we need to be. And, and, and sometimes it just creates a lot of confusion. It reminded me of Debbie's father. He had, you know, he was hard of hearing. He got some hearing aids. And when he got those hearing aids, he'd get in a room and all of a sudden all those voices in the room would just become a roar and a bunch of confusion. And I was in a room with him one day and I was trying to talk to him and he, and he said, what'd you say? What? And I'm thinking, how come he can't hear me? And he said, wait just a minute. And he went like that and he turned his hearing aid back up so he could hear me. And I said, what, what'd you do? Shut your hearing aid off? He said, yeah. He said, man, he said, this, get in a room like this. He said, it's just a bunch of confusion. I just shut everybody off. <laughs> That's not a bad idea, folks. Sometimes you need to learn how to shut things out so you can focus on the voice you need to be focusing on. Now, Paul tells us about this in Ephesians when he says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you'll be standing firm. Everybody say, you got to put on the armor. But David could tell you that you can't go to battle wearing somebody else's armor. Everybody say, the right armor. So, when David comes out, David's not afraid of Goliath because he's not listening to what Goliath's got to say. He's tuned in to what God is saying. And God is saying that, hey, I can take care of him. And David goes out, he said, why is everybody, for who's that guy think he is to find the armies of the living God? He said, I, I'll go and fight him. And Saul says, you can't fight him. You're not able to fight him. And he said, yeah, I'll go, I, I, I'll go fight him. And then Saul does something. Saul tries to put his armor on David. Can I borrow you a second? Huh? Yeah. Put your arms through there. Okay, you got it? Okay, how's that feel? Heavy? Heavy? Hold on. There, how's that feel? All right, now I need you to run around this church three times real fast. <laughs> no, she goes, she looked at me, she goes, really? 
So, so this is what happens. David, David puts on Saul's armor and he takes a few steps. Run toward me. He, ta he, he takes a few steps and he's kind of like her. And he goes, I, I can't do this. Everybody give her a hand, would you? He said, I, I, I can't do this. He said, because I, I, I haven't proved them what. Thank you. It, it dawned on me. I thought, check this out. Here is Saul trying to give David his armor, and his armor didn't do him any good. I mean, Saul didn't go fight the giant, and it's his armor. And he's telling David, here, you need to put this on. Well, why should I put it on? Because it's not doing you any good. David saying, I, I can't do that. I have to go to battle with what God has equipped me with. And then he, he reminisces about some of the battles he was in. He said, I had a lion and a bear come out against the flock. And he said, and when that lion and bear rose up against me, he said, I, I took them by the beard and I slew them. And then he said, the same God that delivered the lion and the bear into my hand is going to deliver that giant into my hand because I don't listen to what he's saying. My mind is focused on God. That's why it's so important to put on a helmet of salvation because the helmet of salvation will keep all those other voices out of your life. When we begin to get to the point where all these voices are bombarding us, we need to hear his voice. We need to understand what he said. Paul recognizes this. Paul was so messed up, man. He was, he was killing Christians. He was having them arrested. And he was a religious guy. But he was listening to the wrong voice. And then all of a sudden, he hears a voice. <laughs> He doesn't see anybody. He's just on the road to Damascus, and he hears a voice, and the voice speaks to him and says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And, he, and Saul said, who are you? He said, I'm Jesus. That was all he needed to say right there. Do you know how powerful that is? The, the word voice in the Greek is a Greek word called phone. It means a sound or a noise, but it's where we get our word telephone from. And so Paul heard his phone ringing. <laughs> now the other people that were there heard the sound, but they couldn't distinguish the voice because God knows how to give a person-to-person -person call. Aren't you glad that God doesn't let everybody know your business, uh, that he keeps it person-to-person? -person. He said, I'm going to talk straight to you. Uh, I'm going to let you know. And if we listen, it changes everything. That's why Paul makes a statement later, and he said, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Now, we need to make sure that we're getting his, the, his voice into our children's heads. What is his voice? Somebody say the word. So here's, here's my granddaughter 
Our granddaughter, oh, excuse me. <laughs> Here's our granddaughter, and Debbie's trying to help her get God's voice in her head. Go ahead and roll it. Make sure the volume's up. That's not her. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13. Vivian, what does that scripture mean? It means... You can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's what it means. Yeah. What if someone doesn't think they're strong enough or can't do anything? Well, we could say, nope, if, if you need to do something, if you don't have strength, you have to pray to God and he'll give you that strength. Yes, he will. That's five years old. And she's already getting equipped. So when the devil comes a knocking, and he will, I said, he's going to. But because she's been equipped, and she's saying, no, this isn't my Nana's armor. This armor belongs to me now. And this is what I'm standing on. And I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. You're not going to take me out. You're not going to take me down. I'm going to stand up and declare the word of the Lord. Somebody shout yes. When we hear his voice, it changes everything. Paul has such a transformation happen in his life from hearing the voice of God. So Paul wants to make sure that we understand how important it is on what we focus our mind on. Now look what he tells us in Romans 12 and 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. 2 Corinthians 10 and 4, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Somebody say every thought. Every thought. Any of you ever have a bad thought come in your head? Any of you ever have a bad thought come in your head while you're sitting here listening to me preach? Well, thank you. No, what, do you, what, do you get? Uh, what I'm getting at is this, is it doesn't matter where you're at or what you're doing, the devil is going to try and bombard your mind. And you may not be able to keep the bird from flying over your head, but he, you don't have to let him build a nest in your hair. And so you just have to bind it up and say, no, I'm pulling that thought down. I've been in service before and all of a sudden a thought entered my mind and then the devil goes, and you're supposed to be a child of God thinking something like that. Who do you think you are? Don't let him buffalo you. Don't let him bully you. But 
but you stand up and say, wait a minute. I, I bring that thought into captivity. I call it down. That's not my thought. That's a thought you tried to place in my head, and I'm not laying a claim to it. I'm rejecting it. I'm rebuking it, and I'm going to stand on the Word of God that said I've been made more than a conqueror who's him that loved us, that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, that if God be for us, who my friend can be against us, that I'm able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that I'm able to ask or think. When we focus on him, man, you need to get some scriptures laid up in store for when the devil attacks your mind and let him have it. Let him have it. The sword of the spirit is the only weapon in the armor that we have to fight back with. Every other weapon is for protection, but the sword hits back. Look, man, I, I'm telling you, I got into some skirmishes before I was living for God, and I, I don't want to just sit there and take it. Every once in a while, I want to get a lick in. I might not win the fight, but you're going to know I was there. What are you saying? I'm saying that the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. Do you know why we lose so many battles? Because we haven't equipped ourselves in the Word. It's not your Word that makes a difference. It's His Word. And when you get His Word in your heart, it's going to scare the devil. Everybody say, His Word. His name is Mike Segal. He's 19 years old. It's February 7th, 1981. He was taking his girlfriend Sharon home from a date. Well, actually, they'd been studying. He was taking her home, and he saw that he was low on gas. So he pulled in at a 7-Eleven to get some gas. Looked at Sharon. He said, I'll be back in two minutes. Two minutes passed. Ten minutes passed. And Mike wasn't coming back. She saw three men run out of the convenience store and she began to get nervous. When Mike went into the convenience store, he stepped right into the middle of an armed robbery. Those men ordered him to the back in a cooler and told him to get on the floor. And then they pumped a 38 slug in the back of his head and walked out of the store. Sharon finally went in and started yelling for her boyfriend, Mike. Mike! Proprietor came running around, and she said, My boyfriend, my boyfriend, where's he at? And they went to the cooler and found him in a pool of blood. They called an ambulance, and they came, and they also called the homicide squad because they didn't think this boy was going to survive. They got him to the hospital, and the doctors looked at him and said, We've got to do surgery now, and he's probably not going to make it through it. Looked at his parents and told him not only will he probably not make through the surgery, but if he does make it through the surgery, he's not going to be able to walk and he's not going to be able to talk. All these voices bombarding their head. And I'm not negating those voices. I'm just saying that that's not the only voice <laughs> that's able to speak. <laughs> And I want to believe the reports of the Lord. He went through surgery and survived. Six weeks later, he moved his left leg. Seven weeks later, he moved his right arm. 
Eight weeks later, he said his first few words. And Mike was so excited, man, he couldn't wait for every new day because he wanted to see what he could accomplish that day. The hospital's uh, neuropsychologist came in and had him do a test. And after the test was over, she walked in and told Mike, said, well, I've looked at the results of your test. And so I'm telling you, you don't even need to think about going back to college because, you know, it's just not going to work for you. you you're going to have to find something else to do that's more reasonable. Than, than, and, and all of a sudden, Mike laid in there, and he could have allowed that voice to get in his head. But instead, he laid there and thought, who does that woman think she is telling me what I can and can't do? She doesn't know me. She doesn't know my God. She doesn't know what God. And man, he just makes up his mind right then and there. I'm going to show her. I'm going I'm, I'm to let her know. And his dad was his biggest cheerleader. His dad told him, he said, Mike, remember this. Remember this. Don't, don't focus on what everybody else is saying. You remember these words. Mile by mile, it's a trial. Yard by yard, it's hard. But inch by inch, it's a cinch. Just take it an inch at a time, Mike. Just take it an inch at a time. And that's what he did. He took it an inch at a time. And five years later, Mike is stepping up on a platform to receive his bachelor's degree. Out of a class of 1,600, he received a high score. He made it on the dean's list of distinguished students. I'm telling you that God is able to do more than we ask or think. Don't let those voices get in your head. I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. I've been told that I was just a simpleton for believing the report of the Lord. When I was a young man, I was told I was a smart aleck for believing the report of the Lord. I couldn't figure out how everybody could go to church and just sit down and be calm, cool, and collected. I thought, man, God did something for me. I don't know if he didn't touch your life or what, but I can't just sit here. I, I got to get up and let, let God know how much I love him and let him know how much I, I depend on him and how great he is. They, they said, what's it feel like? I said, man, I feel like Tony the Tiger tonight. God's great. Everybody in the auditorium looked over at me. I didn't know how you spe- I didn't know anything about being proper in church. They asked me how I felt. I told them. I hadn't learned that after you get saved, you're supposed to settle down. You're supposed to get a little boring and reserved. Remember, reserved is close to preserved. <laughs> And dignified is close to petrified, and that's a piece of wood that's been dead a long time. <laughs> uh-uh. I'm going to let everybody know wherever I go that I love him. I, I'm not ashamed of him. And when we begin to let his voice speak into our oh, shout it out, Ronnie. When we begin to let his voice speak into our life, it'll not just affect us, it'll affect everyone around us. Well, what about, what about Samson, Pastor? What about Samson? Well, it's true that because Samson allowed Delilah to influence his life, that it cost him. But there's something you need to read in the book of Judges in the 16th chapter. 
And that's that even after they threw him in prison, the Bible said his hair began to grow. <laughs> I'm telling you that there's not a prison they can put you in that'll separate you from the love of God. There's not a trap you can fall into that God's not able to get you out of. There's not a demon in hell big enough to prevent the hand of God from rescuing you. So you need to stand up today and shout it out. I'm going to let it grow. I'm going to let it grow. Oh, come on now. Let it grow. What are you talking about let it grow? I know, I know in your eyes that I got short hair. But if you could see through the eyes of God, you'd see golden locks flowing down. My hair's dragging the floor, folks. Why? Because I choose to hear his voice. I grew up in a little village called Valley View, 35 miles west of Chicago. I watched them mace a guy outside my front door. I watched another guy sell his wife for his drug habit. A lot of people I grew up with died running from the law or doing drugs. And I'm telling you that in the midst of all that confusion and in the midst of all those voices, there was a voice that spoke unmistakably in my life. And when I heard that voice, it took me out of the pit I was in. When I heard that voice, it rescued me and it changed my life forever. And I want you to hear me because I repeatedly pray, God, let my voice be a voice that rescues. Use my voice to strengthen and to uplift and encourage. I said, God, take this word and put it so deep in my heart that when I declare it to others, they'll understand it and it'll set them free. My dream today don't you go out here and tell us my dream today is to be a big dummy <laughs> what are you talking about a big dummy I want God's hand in the back of my head and I want him to I want to be his dummy <laughs> let him be the ventriloquist and let his words flow through my mouth his words flow through my mouth. I don't want to argue with God. I just want to believe what he said. And if we believe what he said, we're going to see this world turned upside down for Jesus. Amen. Come on, give him a hand clap of praise in this house. We're going to end service like this today. If you're in here and you're ready to let it grow. You're ready for your hair to grow. And you know I'm talking about in the spirit now. You're ready to let your hair grow. I want you to step to the front of this building with me right now. Just very quickly, if you're ready to say, God, I want you to use me. I want you to come to the front of this building. The other thing I want to do is this, is if you're in here today and there have been a bunch of voices in your head trying to 
deny the power of God at work in your life, I want you to come because God's got a way of speaking unmistakably to us in a way that we understand. I didn't know anything about God, but when I met him, I knew he was real because he showed me in an undeniable way that he was real. I couldn't figure out why everybody else wasn't excited. I couldn't figure out why nobody else was. I thought, man, alive. It's not, you know, do we serve the same God? So this is what I want you to do. I want you to make up your mind right now. Say it with me. I'm not weak. I'm strong. I'm not defeated. I'm victorious. I'm not whipped. I'm a conqueror. As a matter of fact, the scripture said, I've been made more than a conqueror. I want you to speak it out, Ashley. Speak it out. I'm more than a conqueror. Honey, raise your hands to heaven with me. You crying about what you've been through isn't going to change it. But you raising your hands and declaring, God, the devil's not going to take another inch. I'm not going to allow it. I'm standing on the promise of God right now. It's not my thought. It's your thought. It's not my word. It's your word. And I declare now in the name of Jesus for my family. Grant it now. God is fighting for us, pushing back the I, got, I don't know what your name is, but I got to pray for you because I feel a fire. Stretch your hands to heaven with me right now. Uh, you hadn't always gotten everything right. And there were some times that when you were wrong, you thought you were right. And you really didn't want anybody telling you you weren't right. <laughs> but that's wrong. <laughs> so, <laughs> so today is a new day for you. God is beginning to start a new season in your life. It's important that you focus on his voice and don't get distracted by all the noise around you because I see that there's still a lot of noise around. As you raise your hands to heaven right now, church, would you just stretch your hands toward him? Oh, tell me your name. Jerry. Jerry, as I lay my hand on you, I'm believing that God is going to person to person call. That, that you're the only one that can pick up that line. You're going to hear his voice, and you're going to know it's his voice. Father, I thank you. God is fighting for us, pushing back the darkness, lighting up the kingdom, and cannot be shaken. In the name of Jesus, enemies defeated, and we will shout it out, shout it out. Hands to heaven with me. We're, 
th this is going to, I just believe that the Spirit of God is going to sweep through here. Now look, I, I want you to raise your hands up. I don't have to touch you for him to touch you, okay? Just, just become a, an open receptacle right now and say, here I am, God. Now I got to tell you something. And I hope, I, I don't want anybody to get offended what I'm going to say. But anytime I, I, I got like a new, uh, I used to go to Mexico and, and I'd buy these swords. And I got some in my office, big swords. And every time I get one of those big swords, I always wanted to go try it out on something. You know, I, I, wanted, to, I, I wanted to go out there and, and just, you know, grab a hold of that sword and then just, you know, start, you know, I'd find a cardboard box, man, and just show it who was boss. You know, and, and, and so and anytime I, I got a new gun, I wanted to go out and, and shoot that gun and see how it did, man. I remember my brother had a, or, or my son had, I think it was a 50 caliber or something. And I thought, man, that's like holding a little cannon in your hand. And, and, and you know, and shot that. And I felt the power. And I thought, wow. The Bible said, you shall receive power. Everybody say, dunamis. You know what that means? Dynamite. It's where we get our word dynamite from. Somebody say, dunamis. So now hear me. If your fuse is wet, you need to get it dried out. And you need to say, God, I won't feel some of that power up in here. I, I'm tired of the devil always laying in on me. I want to lay in on him a little bit. I, I'm asking you to use Stretch your hands to heaven. This is what your prayer is going to be. God, use me to make the devil pay. Use me. Use my life. Use my words. Use my testimony to make the devil pay for every time he's tried to destroy me, for every time he's tried to attack my family. God, use me. Father, we come to you today, God, with our helmet of salvation on. Lord, we're not listening to every voice. We're listening to your voice. And we're declaring right now in the name of Jesus that we are who you said we are, that we will do what you said we can do, and we give you praise for it now in Jesus' name. Come on and give him a hand clap of praise. Okay, my wife said keep praying, they're waiting. So if you're here and you're waiting for prayer, I want you to come. I'm not going to chase you down. I want you to come and stand right here. If you need special prayer for something, come right here. I'm going to count to three. If you're not here, I'm dismissing. One. Now look, you're going to let me share something with you. Okay, she's here. Let me let me just share something with you. I I believe you've got to have your mind made up. And you need to know something about me. If I'm in a building and I want, I, I want God to touch me and I need prayer, there ain't enough devils in hell going to keep me away from the front of that church. If i got to move you and 10 more like you, I'm going to get to the front of that building and say, God, here I am. Here I am. Now, well, I thank God that you say, well, what are you thanking God for? Because this could have been a lot worse. She, she, everything's intact, cut up a little bit, but intact. So stretch your hands, heaven. We're believing for a miraculous restoration. I thank you, Father, that your hand is fully God, I declare restoration. God is fighting for us, pushing back the darkness, lighting up the kingdom. 
shelf and let it set it becomes unstable you have to use it it was made to be used not for decorating purposes my brother worked in a plant that had a bunch of powder in it and he went into a bunker and he saw that powder and that powder had started to turn color and my brother went and warned them he said that powder is turning color and that meant that it was getting unstable Thank God nobody was there when it blew up, but it lit up half of Southern Illinois. It, it, it blew. It was amazing, the power. Look at me just a second. God is a powerful God. So no matter what you're facing, he has the wherewithal to take care of it. You have to say yes to him. You have to surrender everything to him. Are you ready for that right now? Just raise your hands to heaven with me and say, I say yes, God. For us, pushing back the darkness, lighting up the kingdom that cannot be shaken in the name of Jesus. Stretch your hands to heaven. I feel power. <laughs> God, I thank you for what you're doing for Wayne. Pushing back the darkness, lighting up the kingdom that cannot be shaken in the name of Jesus. Enemies defeated, and we will shout it out, shout it out. God bless you. We love you. Remember, if God be for us, who can be against us? Get on the helmet of salvation. Focus in on what he's speaking to you and hang on to it. Don't let go. We love you. We'll see you next week. Don't forget, BBS meeting in conference room. Love you guys.